As a result of the outbreak, your city or entire region may be endangered by a lethal agent. If conditions at your location make this a possibility, you need to consider staying in place until the threat has subsided or blown over. Hey everybody and welcome back to Viral Load Podcast, the disease podcast for this diseased world. As always, I'm Manny Pupa. And I'm Brett Bales. And we're going to do uh, one of our little minis, our little viral particles, yeah. which is which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, where we, if you're new or have since forgotten the last time we did one, um, rather than do a deeper dive on any one uh, topic, we basically take turns surprising each other with uh, current events, weird stories, um, that we found that have to do with, you know, health and disease. And so, uh, I don't know what Andy's going to talk about. He doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. And we're just going to kind of do a, uh, dip our toes in the water of these, uh, stories. So, um, the more, you know, the, the better. So let's just jump in. Yeah, we'll get started. Uh, Brett, uh, yeah, you shocked me first. Let's go. Okay. So let's have some fun with this one. Um, it also, I believe, would make a really good premise for some kind of horror movie. Uh, so this was a study conducted recently uh, called Assessing Long-Distance Atmospheric Transport of Soil-Borne Plant Pathogens. Uh, in other words, this was a study that shows that live uh, pathogens uh, that affect plants can travel on dust particles across uh, oceans. So the plant pathogens can actually, they found like hitch rides on dust and remain viable. And this carries with it the potential for traveling across the planet to infect, you know, far away areas. And this obviously is uh, of concern because plants can get sick just like people can. And yeah. if a plant pathogen like wipes out like all the orange trees or all the almond trees or whatever, that's a, uh, you know, going to be an issue. So, um, I don't know if like a lot of people also know this, but this is, um, maybe something I learned from David Attenborough or something. The, uh, Amazon rainforest gets, uh, some of its nutrients from dust that's blown across the Atlantic ocean from West Africa. So when the Saharan desert storms or, uh, dust storms, pick up dust and throw it high into the atmosphere. It, it travels across the Atlantic and gets deposited in South America. So this is basically looking at like, okay, in addition to bringing nutrients, some of this, some of this dust could also be bringing new pathogens, which is, um, a concern. So what they did is they built a model to simulate a major dust storm, and apparently these big storms that go across the Atlantic get cool names because this one was called the Godzilla uh, dust storm. Oh, that's pretty which sweet. Is, yeah. So uh, this storm apparently brought 24 million tons of dust from North America, or sorry, North Africa across the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, basically deposited its uh, payload to the Caribbean and actually Southeastern US. And this was in 2022. And they found that there was this 
these viable spores of a particularly deadly fungal plant pathogen that I'm not going to even try to pronounce, but it is a plant pathogen. And they found that it could be deposited across a whole range of different agricultural zones. So southeastern Louisiana, Mexico, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and Cuba. And they think that this one event could have brought over like 13,000, they estimate, viable live spores, um, which I guess doesn't sound like a lot. But I think the bigger implication is that like these pathogens can be transported on dust, wind, storms. And I had not considered that before. So I think that's, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's That's interesting, I think. I had no idea that any of that existed. Uh, I know that like things can travel, obviously, uh, knowing that like droplets travel, all of that, but that far of a distance is pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And it seems more of like a Mothra thing. You know, when you think about like a giant thing, you know, traveling yeah. Mothra like moves, like, you know, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, you know, um, what's his face there is uh, Godzilla is exactly floating through the air, um, but still pretty good. Oh yeah. 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 Where Godzilla comes from, where does he come from? The ocean? Yeah, he's like from radiation. Radiation. I don't know. Um, I just remember him coming from the ocean. But uh, the Godzilla storm depositing plant pathogens to a farm near you. Uh, so one other thing to be concerned about. So uh, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. I'll give him a few things to worry about now. Cool. Um, so my, um, my article that I'm going to be going over today is about five rare diseases you probably don't know exist. So this is fun to learn about, but also it's fun to see if Brett surprisingly, uh, knows of these diseases cause they're pretty wild and out there. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know, we've, we've looked at things like mm. as crazy as like the dancing plague and, uh, you know, zombie viruses. But yeah. so here's the first one. So the first one, I will say, uh, it only is frequent in one in two million people. So not too often, you know, and uh, it's called Stone Man Syndrome. So have you ever heard of that, Brett? Stone Man Syndrome? Mm -hmm. Otherwise known as Fibro... Stone Man Syndrome. Yeah, otherwise known as Fibrodysplasia Ossificans Progressive, of course. Really easy. Uh, I'll just go with stone man. Oh, okay. So this, yeah, this one, this is weird. I actually did recently learn about this one. Uh, um, I forget. I, I think I was watching something on TV and showed someone with this, these symptoms. Yeah. And it's really like, quite gruesome yeah so uh of course the first one i throw out there as soon as i get to the scientific name brett's like oh that totally makes sense but when i said stone man he didn't have a clue but uh so for those of you out there who don't uh who don't see these types of things on television um basically stone man syndrome slowly turns connective tissue such as tendons and muscles and ligaments into bone so think about you know, everything that makes your body work and move and fluid, all of that slowly turns into hardened bone, uh, which does not sound like a good time. And if you look at photos of these people, man, it looks like I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If you haven't seen this, definitely like Google uh, Stone Man Syndrome skeleton. Yeah. 
It's um, brutal. It is. It's pretty wild. And really, the the way this disease works is it progresses. It starts from the neck and shoulders, so it probably looks similar to kyphosis. Have you ever seen like an elderly person who's kind of hunched over on their back? Uh, because that's just kind of what happens over time with uh, gravity. And um, but then it slowly. Uh, progresses from the shoulders to the lower parts of the body. And then finally the legs Um, patients have difficulty opening their mouth Mm -hmm. uh, has, they have trouble eating. So in, in, uh, in hindsight, then they end up uh, losing weight. Um, You know, a second skeleton actually grows over the first. So it's basically two full skeletons. This person has Um, it's permanent. Uh, No surgical efforts have been effective in removing the bone growth. And, um, typically people will lose their mobility after a minor fall or a small accident, a bone growth is stimulated. So not only are they having bone growth, but if they bump into anything, mm-hmm. the areas that weren't affected then become affected, which is pretty wild when you think about like how quickly oh, those fibrosis and everything will start to grow every time they bump it. Could you imagine every mm-hmm. time you hit your toe that like there was another bone that grew out of it? I'd be screwed. I'd have so oh, many toes right now. I'd be all toes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, after my uh, run in with the Tesla uh, getting <laughs> hit by it, I would just be a rock right now. Um, and that Tesla would be totaled the next time. Yeah. <laughs> but is this the thing that Celine Dion has? She has some like rare genetic thing where her she's like turning rigid. Well, uh, if anybody knows that, let us know. Or maybe we'll do a Celine Dion episode. Uh, but no, I, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. It's called, well, her version is called stiff person syndrome. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if that's like related or. It feels like a spinoff for sure. It's a little on the nose. But yeah. 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 I feel like Stone Man yeah. is a, lot, a little bit more hardcore. Maybe not Which, for the yeah. Celine Dion fans. Yeah. Stiff person syndrome. Yeah. yeah. That could be. That could be a, a fun pun for a number of different things. Exactly. Uh, but it sounds like she just is becoming rigid. Yeah. Uh, but so there's number one with the bullet. Uh, that is Stone Man Syndrome. Uh, number two, Alice in Wonderland Syndrome. Have you ever heard of that, Brett? Uh, I think I, I have. It's like a psychological thing where you... Um, is it has does it have to do with size? Like you think you're different size? Yeah, yeah. Again, two for two. Wow. I thought I would have like a chance at stumping wow. you. I really hopeful for number three through five. But uh yeah, basically uh psychiatrists <laughs> have described it. It's a uh, it's basically a psychosis where people uh, suffer from body dysmorphia, but outside of just body dysmorphia, they really visually um their perception is off. They tend to think objects are larger or smaller than they appear. Um, they have difficulty with cars, buildings, you know, driving, all things like that, distances, uh, depth of perception, just really have no idea what's really going on. And they walk around pretty terrified. Um, and yeah, I mm-hmm. looked this up and there's a few people who uh, who claim to have it on the old interweb. But um, again, frequency unknown, I think, due to the fact that um, it's probably yeah. written off as some other things going on in your brain when that's happening. Yeah, kind of hard to, um, I don't know, sounds hard to diagnose, but one of the cooler disease names out there, must say. Yeah, um, definitely. And I don't know how I, I've heard about it, um, possibly one of the many weird podcasts I listen to, um, but yeah, happy to have this skill 
feeling blessed. Yeah. Still single. <laughs> uh, and uh, a fun fact for anybody out there who's thinking about Alice in Wonderland disease or syndrome, uh, there is no treatment currently and no cure. So, um, you know, don't eat that slice of the bread, I guess. Um, number three. Yeah. Hutchinson Guilford Progeria syndrome. So this one I know. Um, do you know this one, Brett? Yeah. Progeria I I recognize the I think progeria part is that the one that is like rapidly aging. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's uh, oh. there was a famous uh, documentary and TED talk um, with Sam Burns who had progeria, um, and uh, I don't know if you saw that. It's oh god, I'll cry just thinking about it. I'm such a big baby now, uh, not just. Uh, uh, yeah. you know, with, with having a kid, you think about it a lot more, but, uh, yeah, progeria, um, mm-hmm. it affects one in 4 million. Uh, there's more than 130 cases reported in scientific literature globally since 1886. So, um, not that, you know, not that common, but also, uh, there's definitely been a ton of documented cases of it. Um, mm-hmm. and basically, uh, the condition affects one in eight million live births, and those born with progeria typically live to their mid-teens or early 20s. So, uh, again, doesn't last very long. Um, facial characteristics end up being prominent eyes, a thin beaky nose, thin lips, small chin, and protruding ears. Um, symptoms include alopecia, aged-looking skin, joint abnormalities, loss of fat under the skin, kidney failure, loss of eyesight, and brittle and fragile bones. Um Again, yeah, if uh, if anybody has a chance to go watch Sam Burns' life um, documentary there, it's, it was on National Geographic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fantastic human being and great story there. So go check it out. But Progeria. I, I've seen that yeah. one, yeah. That's that's how I've heard about it. And yeah, pretty brutally sad. Um, he only lived to be 17. But I do remember like one kind of cool thing about it was he picked a like, cool queen song to play like at his funeral That's mm-hmm. what he requested and i just remember thinking like that that guy's pretty badass yeah yeah it's um, pretty great plus what he had to live through it seems like i mean from the documentary like a very uh just a horrible thing to have to live with yeah and there was another uh, uh young kid who they show i believe one of the other documentaries that was on there where they show him having progeria and uh he has a guide dog and ooh, that'll get you too so go check that out. A lot of feel-good yeah. stories, though, because, yeah. like, they're all really positive. Um, but obviously, they're dealing with this really rough disease. So, Progeria, number three. Yeah. Um, number right. four, uh, Alcaptonuria. So, Alcaptonuria. Um, or black urine disease. Brett, have you heard of that one? Whoa. No. Uh, that That sounds, yeah... Yeah, I've never heard of it either. Uh, It's a very rare inherited disorder that prevents the body from fully breaking down to protein building blocks, amino acids called tyrosine and phenylalanine. Phenyl, let me try that again, everybody. I'm not going to edit this. Phenylalanine. Uh, There we go. I knew how to say it. I couldn't say it when it was on. Yeah, when it was on uh, a recording right away, it got me. But uh, I got it the second or third time, so. It results in a buildup of chemical called uh, hemogentesis, uh, gentesic acid in the body. This can turn the urine in parts of the body a dark color, lead to a range of problems over time. 
Uh, typically, those amino acids are broken down a series of chemical reactions. Uh, basically, this disease um, produced a long way, and uh, it becomes a problem because it stains your tissues, ends up actually building up in your cartilage, tendons, bones, nails, ears, and heart. People with this condition have a normal life expectancy, but here's a weird little like line, and they don't say why, but they say, but with a lesser quality of life. So you live just as long. Because every time you go to like a public bathroom and like forget to flush, you're going to like have people like screaming out of the bathroom who come after you. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that is true. And it says there's no current specific treatment or cure, but a certain diet is recommended to decrease the buildup. So that makes sense when you think about how your body, you know, secretes things. Yeah. So. Wow. That's, um, yeah. So, uh, that's yep, new. That's one for your next um, cock. Goth, goth kids be jealous. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wonder about the quality of life thing. I think it's probably just because of, especially like if you're a guy and, you know, there's a lot more like peeing outside situations, I think, I feel like. And, yeah. you know, imagine like little kids peeing in the snow, like trying to write their names and it's like yellow, yellow, yellow. And then black. Like yeah. Black. Yeah. That'd be very <laughs> odd and off putting for sure. Um, but yeah. so there that is uh, black urine disease. Um, and then finally, five, chronic focal encephalitis or Rasmussen's encephalitis. So, Brett, any, any, is that pinging anything? No. Okay. So, uh, frequency in Germany, it is 2.4 cases per 10 million. And in the UK, it's 1.7 per 10 million. Uh, so, pretty rare again. Um, so, Rasmussen's encephalitis usually occurs in children under the age of 10. Um, more rarely in adolescents and adults, and is characterized by frequent and severe seizures, loss of motor skills and speech, paralysis on one side of the body or hemiparesis, inflammation of the brain, hence the encephalitis, and mental deterioration. Mm -hmm. It can lead to destruction or removal of part of the affected child's brain. Oof, sounds mm -hmm. not fun. Most individuals with Rasmussen's encephalitis will experience frequent seizures and progressive brain damage in the affected hemisphere and over the course of the first 8 to 12 months and then enter a phase of permanent but stable neurological deficits. So, I don't know why they call it Rasmussen's, but, uh, but yeah, Oof, doesn't seem great. I, I thought you said Rasputin at first, and then I was going to, like, yeah, that would that would be, I wonder if that exists. Yeah, no, 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 I'm sure there's a Rasputin. Rasputin's disease, but I don't, I don't know that yeah, one either. Where you just have like really crazy. Exactly. Eyes. And you're like super tall for no reason. Uh, but. And take down like Russian czars. And yeah. Stuff. So there are no treatments. Uh, so there are, sorry, there are treatments to decrease brain inflammation at the acute stage, but ultimately there's no treatment overall to prevent this disability. So uh, yeah, those were my top five weirdest diseases. And uh, I think Brett, if we go back, I think Brett went three for five, which is Pretty darn good. That's a six, yeah, sixty percent. Yeah, I mean, on on I'll a take it. These get yeah, degrees. exactly. And hey, that's on a pop quiz, you know. So I mean, who knows if you would have had some time mm -hmm. to look up a bunch of random stuff again? So yeah, um, but well, thank you for adding uh, two more to my roller. Exactly. Of um, you're gonna have to throw Jesus. that in your class. I can feel my popularity growing. Yeah, you're gonna have to throw it. that in class and be like, hey, does anybody know what this is? And if anybody knows it, maybe that's extra credit right there. Oh, yeah. Definitely at least, like, cool yeah. points. So. Which 
are not worth anything. <laughs> All right, Brett, back to you. What's uh, what do you got? Yep. So this is a disease that we've um, talked about many times. This is the one that uh, concerns me and like keeps me up at night. What's the next like COVID? And it's the bird flu. Oh, so the bird flu making moves again. Bird um, flu. This story is titled. Uh, bird flu hits Antarctic region for first time ever. So, uh, bird what flu the, has arrived in um, the Great South. What are the, what are the birds even doing there? Why are they flying there? Like they're they're getting lost. They're just going like really far south. What's happening? So, this was not a, a human case, um, and that's one of the reasons. I mean, there aren't that many human cases relative to like infected animals. It mostly is uh, birds, and that's why it hasn't become like a a world-ending problem yet. Is it just doesn't spread from person to person very easily? But um, it's of note because obviously this is the first time it's been found in the Antarctic region. Not usually a place you look for emerging pathogens. Um, the uh, basically there were reports of unexplained deaths among brown. Skuya, skua, skua, I guess it's a type of bird. Okay. Um, on the island. And so the British Antarctic Survey sent samples of these dead creatures back to the UK and it returned positive for uh, H5N1, the bird flu. And this occurred on a place called Bird Island, which I guess if there's going to be a flu, avian flu outbreak, that's as good a place as any, I suppose. And this is where the British Antarctic Survey Research Station is located. Uh, if you look up pictures of Bird Island, it is just um, just lots and lots of birds. So kind of what you would imagine, including a wide variety of species such as the macaroni and gentoo. Penguin, okay. As well as albatrosses and small burrowing birds such as petrels and prions. Prions? Mm -hmm. Uh, which is also a disease. Uh, many of these are endangered, threatened, or near-threatened. Uh, local seabird ecologists call it really worrying. They say that Bird Island is one of the most exceptional habitats. The variety and density of birds is astonishing. So it's concerning that uh, this disease has arrived at such a location. So we know that the current outbreak of bird flu, um, the variety is H5N1, Mm -hmm. has killed millions of birds across the planet in the past year. Um, but again, until now, has not known to be in the Antarctic region. And they think it was brought over by migratory, the, these birds called migratory brown skua. Uh, skua? It's S-K-U-A. Skua. Um, they look like, yeah, they look like brown, like seagulls, kind of. Okay, I see um, that. I, uh, and that's... so this was, yeah, following their return from South America, uh, where there have been a large number of uh, the highly pathogenic avian influenza. Uh, in Peru and Chile alone, for example, more than 500,000 wild birds were reported dead in the last year. And um, that is concerning for a number of reasons. Uh, the fact that it's spreading into new areas... Uh, the more mammals that viruses spill over into, uh, the the chances of spilling over into humans starts to increase. The like mutations increase, and 
um, when a some call it like a permissive um, or a I guess um, whatever the naughty word is for people that have a lot of sex uh, they are promiscuous know, that's I think the most concerning part right now yeah well that doesn't sound great Brett I gotta be honest that one uh, doesn't feel good um, but, uh, you know, bird flu, Hey, that was, that's been, if you've been listening for a while, uh, that has been Brett's pick. Uh, I think what can we call it three years running now, Brett, for the next disease yeah. that he thinks is going to surface. So coming closer to expectations, um, mine, my mm-hmm. next one has to do with an actual outbreak that is currently happening and that I'm sure Brett is in no way surprised about because we are all seeing these types of things coming. Uh, my next one is the global measles outbreak. So, uh, uh yeah. yeah, yep. So if you're, if Tell you're just more. catching up everybody, the top 10 countries right now with measles outbreaks are Yemen, India, Kazakhstan, Ethiopia, Russian Federation, Pakistan, Kyrgyzstan, Democratic Republic of Congo, Iraq, and Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan, I, or There we go. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate the support. Uh, But yeah, but and you'd think like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because, you know, a lot of those are developed countries. Some of them have war, all this stuff that's going on. However, my bucket list country. Yeah. However, uh, in the United States are also seeing outbreaks. Um, Many of these outbreaks are attributed to the fact that in 2020 to 2022, a lot of the vaccines uh, for measles were postponed in a lot of those countries that I just uh, leveled off uh, or read off. But then uh, in the United Mm -hmm. States and the UK, we're seeing more instances because Brett, do you have a guess why we're seeing those outbreaks? Is I mean, anti-vax. Bam! People who are uh, refusing to be vaccinated or large populations of under-vaccinated populations is now causing more and more cases of the measles um, right here in the old U.S. In the United States, um, you know, uh, in 2000, almost 1,300 cases were reported. And now uh, in 2019, it's now spread to 31 different states um, that have reported uh, wow. you know, outbreaks of the measles. So, um, fun. And that's concerning because, um, measles is like, um, one of the most, if not the most contagious diseases that we know about. Um, we think we've talked about this before, but the, the way that you measure, one of the ways you measure how like contagious and infectious diseases is a number called the R naught. And it's just written as like an R and a zero. And it's basically the number, the average number of infections that uh, new infections that one infected person will cause. So, like, mm-hmm. if I uh, infect someone with like flu, or I infect like two people, and they infect each each of them infect two people, that's an R naught of two. And so, like with measles, for every new infection, on average, that's going to result in eighteen additional new infections, and then each mm-hmm. of those eighteen will have 18 new infections and so it's like a rapid uh, like exponential increase in cases so that's also why like hearing about global measles outbreaks is um not good 
Yep. Not good. So um, this year, the states that have been hit are Georgia, Missouri, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. So if you're one of those states, uh, you know, my bucket list. Maybe states. just look around you. Uh, last year was much worse. It was California, Colorado, District of Columbia, Florida, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, Missouri. Oh, New Jersey hits this list again. New York City, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, Wisconsin. So Montana looks like you're doing okay. New Mexico and a few others, you're all right. Uh, but mostly everybody else got hit. So, so yeah, uh, get vaccinated, <laughs> be vaccinated, or don't, and rub crystals on mm-hmm. yourself, and uh, we'll compare uh, numbers at the end. <laughs> Sounds of good. Time. All right, Brad, <laughs> finish us up. All right, so let's uh, round this out with... Um, this is a disease we have covered before. Uh, this headline was animals are acting strange at an Arizona national park. Ooh. And now officials have a theory why. So, wow, I'm sold. I'm going to click on this. Yep. And so uh, apparently animals started showing strange behavior, uh, whatever that may mean, at an Arizona national park. And officials think it is from a rabies outbreak. Uh Foxes, raccoons, and a even a bobcat have been reported uh, as acting odd at Segoro National Park near Tucson. Mm. And uh, this was as of January 23rd, must have been. Uh, this is a recent one. So they've already found several foxes dead. Um, there is a report that a 66-year-old was attacked by a bobcat on Sunday. Oof. Which I guess is not something that bobcats usually do. Like, I don't ever feel like afraid of being attacked by a bobcat nope. when I go, you know, anywhere. So, when we, if you haven't listened to it, go check out our rabies episode uh, because it's it's a super scary, interesting disease. It has one of the highest case fatality rates of any disease, if not mm-hmm. the highest. Basically, um, if you don't get treated. It's uh, near 100% fatality mm-hmm. rate. Um, we talked about in that episode, like the, like a handful of cases ever recorded that w- someone has survived, and we talked about like why, uh, why they survived, and uh, yeah, interesting disease. But um, the the animal bit and scratched this person, uh, this bobcat. And so this was apparently bad enough they had to go to the hospital with their with injuries. And so uh, this cued up this you know clued officials into the fact that there might be a bobcat running around with rabies because it's unusual behavior. And so now they think it's spilled over into foxes and raccoons. Um, so they're looking for animal carcasses to test, and they are warning visitors to quote take extra precautions end quote. So that's that's very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't go outside, maybe. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it could be anything. Well, yeah. In what context? Protect yourself, like from what? Like, do I need to bring an umbrella? Yeah. Um, are like people are just gonna shoot everything they see on site? Like, what are you? Like, what? How are we gonna attack this? Well, that's that was already happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In, in, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, but wow. But uh, that is that is 
some of the symptoms of a rabid animal is that they basically lose their fear of humans. Uh, they may appear like sleepy or confused or aggressive. Uh, they are more likely to be like drooling. So they drool more, um, basically have trouble moving around. They might look paralyzed or just kind of be biting in the air. Mm -hmm. um, we also talked about one of the scary symptoms was like hydrophobia where you like humans. Oh, it's rabies. horrific. Horrific. Like, the worst. Yeah, they can't. Do not watch water. a video of somebody who has hydrophobia. It's awful. Yeah, it, it's literally like you're thirsty, you're dying for water, but you you physically can't like put your lips to a glass of water. Yeah. Um it's it's very scary. Fun fact. So, fun uh, fun fact, Brett. Yeah. Uh did you know that uh um, opossums uh, cannot get, they're one of the only species that cannot get rabies. Uh, they're, for something with their immune system, they actually have adapted to where uh, they cannot contract rabies because I think their blood, uh, their, like their, their mm. core temperature is so cold that rabies does not, um, you know, will not, will not uh, do well there, I guess. I uh, just saw that. So pretty, pretty fun fact there. I wonder if that's because they're like a, um, marsupial right yeah so that's like different mm -hmm. so i don't know they got those sharp teeth so um i guess be less afraid go pet one yeah um that's from viral mm -hmm. like you. but probably don't those teeth are yeah, pretty uh, serious and um they'll yeah. Hit it, yeah i do think though if like if you are close enough to a possum and can't move fast enough to get away from a possum i don't know you might you might kind of have it coming you know yeah because most of the time they're laden with baby possums exactly them down, slowing them down perfect but man this this was good i learned um i added to my rolodex mm -hmm. and um now I'm just generally more afraid of the yep, world. Yeah, and I, I can't wait so, to go to Bird Island. I kind of want to go, go check it out, check out mm -hmm. all these crazy birds, not the not the sewer skewers or whatever, or see whatever they were. Yeah. Those birds, those guys can get uh, lost. Bird Island, yeah, essentially looks like it's painted white because mm -hmm. of all the bird poo. Yep. Um, so I imagine it's quite... Mm, stings the nostrils. But it does have macaroni and gentoo. So penguin. maybe stay on a boat just on the edge, you know, and take some photos. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun. Uh, and everyone, if you've liked this episode, please uh, help us out. Go over to wherever you're listening to things. Give us uh, some stars and some reviews. And mm -hmm. as always, if you review the pod, we will re read it live here uh, for you to hear your shout out. Uh, make sure you email us over at viralloadpod at gmail.com if you have any ideas for any upcoming episodes um, or just want to say hi. You know, we could use that too. go check mm -hmm. out our, our socials and just uh, share, share whatever you want to share and maybe pick up a little bit of merch. Yeah, spread the word. That's that's what we're we're trying to trying to get accomplished. Because um, I, I, I reckon there are more people out there that might be interested in this stuff. Yep. Um, we apparently have, yeah, a, a big, I mean, we're, we have a growing following in the disease ecology community, which is heartening and lovely. Mm -hmm. So we want to continue to grow that. I feel good. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Well, as always, I've been Annie Pupa. I'm Brett Bales.
And stay away from birds. Yep. They're not real. Bye. Ooh, that was good. Hey, disease is a disorder of structure or function you see with known cause and symptoms. Now let's name one per letter. A to Z. A is for asthma. This common disease affects the lungs, causing chest tightness, wheezing, breathlessness, night and early morning coughing. B is for brittle bone disease. And no, it is heritable. And bone fractures with little or no cause are inevitable. Z is for chicken pox caused by varicella zoster virus. It causes an itchy rash with small blisters with fluid or pus. D is for diabetes, cell glucose absorption is broken. Type 1 is autoimmune where you lack insulin production. Type 2 is insulin resistance in which cells ignore your insulin. E is for esophageal cancer with malignant cells forming in the esophagus from GERD, heavy alcohol you smoking. A for follicular lymphoma, blood cancer that's slow growing, white blood cells cluster so lumps in lymph nodes or organs are forming. G for GERD stomach acid often flows up your esophagus and irritating its lining can cause Barrett's esophagus. H for Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the immune system goes to attack the thyroid cells, so thyroid hormone production slows. I for influenza, contagious infection of lungs, throat, nose, it's viral and can cause symptoms ranging from mild to severe woes. H for juvenile dermatomyositis, inflammation occurs in your blood vessels, muscles, and skin in this condition. K for kidney disease involves gradual loss of kidney function. Where they don't remove waste and excess fluid for blood filtration. L for Lou Gehrig's disease, which causes loss of muscle control. Because on nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, it takes a toll. And typically after diagnosis in two to five years, it's fatal. M for myasthenia gravis, chronic autoimmune disease. Especially after activity, there is muscle weakness. And is for nori disease, which leads to blindness in male infants. Often there is hearing loss and in motor skills, it slows advance. O for obesity, body fats in excess in the obese, which raises the risk of getting other health problems and disease. P for Parkinson's disease, movement initiation is slow. The brain's affected and makes patients shaky, stiff, unbalanced. Q for Q fever, caused by bacteria, symptoms are a headache with fever, chills, fatigue, nausea, chest pain, stomach pain, muscle ache. R is for rheumatoid arthritis, mostly the joints it impacts. Its autoimmune brings pain and inflammation when it attacks. S is for sarcoma, a broad group of cancers and trouble brews. When malignant cells begin growth in bones or connective tissue. T for tetanus, which is a kind of bacterial infection featuring a toxin that causes painful muscle contraction. It's also called lockjaw since locking neck and jaw muscles is its action. U for ulcerative colitis, which causes inflammation. A type of IBD, it causes intestine ulceration. Before vasculitis, blood vessels inflammation can vary from minor skin problems to illness affecting organs carry. W whooping cough, infection of the respiratory tract, hacking cough in a high-pitched breath intake that sounds like whoop, in fact. X-linked muscular dystrophy with cardiomyopathy, growing muscle weakness, respiratory insufficiency. Y is for Yersinia pestis infection and plague. It causes fever, chills, weakness, abdominal pain, shock, bleeding, necrosis. C for Zika virus infection, fever, and rash can arise, as well as headaches, muscle, and joint pain, swollen joints, and red eyes. Zika virus spreads through the bite of an infected mosquito. Infection during pregnancy can cause birth defects, so you know. And now that you've